Live Mike. fans it is time for another edition of the live mic and boy oh boy does it feel good i am your host michael beck deputy editor of behindthesteelcurtain.com and you are joining me for another edition like i said earlier of the live mic and it feels good to be sitting atop the afc north yes that is right pittsburgh steeler fans three weeks into the into the 2020 league year your pittsburgh steelers are a sitting atop the AFC North all by their very lonesome after the Kansas City Chiefs completely blew the barn doors off the Baltimore Ravens. And in all honesty, I think they gave us the blueprint how to knock off the Ravens when the Steelers have to visit Baltimore in just a couple weeks. But before we even get to that, the Steelers had a game of their own that we should probably break down, get into the the fun uh, tidbits of that last game. When the Steelers uh, hosted the Houston Texans in the Watt Bowl and came home with the 28 21 comeback victory boy did that first half really uh, really feel like one shaky start there and it, in a few instances it really felt like that game was getting out of hand for the Steelers and for them to even escape with the win if you told me that in the first half I would have been generally surprised but uh, I think that's probably because we aren't used to having Ben Roethlisberger as our quarterback and even when you're down you're still in every single game when you have an elite quarterback standing in your backfield and that's something we missed a year ago but now the big fella is back and boy oh boy does it feel good because the Steelers are coming back in games that they wouldn't have come back from in uh, in 2019 speaking of 2019 that that uh, that offensive group or team as a general I should say their high scoring uh, performance 27 points the Steelers through three games have put up 26 points 26 points and then 28 points they've already broken it and come close to uh, two other times to uh, the total amount highest score that they had from a year ago so adding Ben Roethlisberger back to this offense make makes this team so much better who would have thought about that eh but getting back to this uh, to this game, the Steelers' defense really kind of turned it around in that second half. I know there was uh, some uh, people kind of calling for for some benchings of sorts, I guess you might say, um, when it came to talking about this defense because they did let up a couple big plays. I think uh, a lot of that is due in, in part to the kind of defense the Steelers wanted to run against a, a more mobile quarterback in Deshaun Watson. They didn't want to necessarily go uh, straight up kind of man stuff and leave guys on islands and uh, uh, give up those rushing lanes to Deshaun Watson. They really kind of want to keep him in check and uh, play more of his own, so those defensive backs could step up in the run game if uh, Deshaun Watson were to try to beat the Steelers with his feet. Um, The Steelers uh, tweaked their game plan a little bit, and boy, did that uh, work out for him. They allowed zero second-half points. That uh, is an absolutely outstanding number <laughs> you know zero zero points and a half of course we love zero points in a game but with the defense able to hold uh, hold the Texans out of the end zone uh, for a full 30 minutes it's hard not to win games when you're doing that um, some of the uh, biggest game uh, single game players in this one 
obviously off the top is one Mr. Mike Hilton. Um, not his uh, usual pres- uh, presence, I should say, in the uh, pass rushing type uh, type scenario, but he still had seven tackles in the game and hauled in a pick, and he also uh, had a pass deflected. He did have that touchdown allowed early in the game, but boy, did he snap out of it and played uh, one of the best games uh, out of any defensive backs uh, from a day ago if you are listening to it on uh, on Monday but uh, yeah Mike Hilton had a great game uh, other guys with good games I, I should uh, directly point to TJ Watt he was only credited for one sack even though I think he got in on that uh, Devin Bush uh, Bud Dupree type play where they kind of started it and then TJ Watt cleaned up Deshaun Watson uh, for that uh, final nail in the sack but he wasn't uh, credited for a sack on that play but his, his lone big uh, big sack to start the second half was obviously given to him uh but in the Watt Bowl, I think uh, he made his presence felt the most, picking up that sack, a ton of pressures, uh, and a, a couple tackles for his troubles. DJ Watt also had a great game. Outside of that, you had Bud Dupree picking up a sack and a half. Vince Williams absolutely leveled Deshaun Watson when he picked up a sack. Uh, Devin Bush uh, was the guy I mentioned earlier. He picked up a half sack with Bud Dupree. And Stefan Tuitt, of course, got in the backfield wreaking some havoc as well. Uh, some other guys, uh, tackle leaders, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, slotted in right behind Mike Hilton with five tackles and Terrell Edmonds with four behind him. Uh, with the three defensive backs kind of highlighting those uh, tackles, leaders. I think it directly reflects on how this team kind of struggled against the pass, specifically in that first half when Deshaun Watson was absolutely on fire. I believe he went into halftime with 150 quarterback rating, near perfection in the first half from Watson. The Steelers absolutely shut him out in the second, which is really quite outstanding in uh, in a game when they really kind of uh, fell behind and really didn't show any signs of life but they were able to turn it around and uh, after collecting all those tackles in the first half uh, the uh, the front seven really kind of turned it up uh, got to Watson a whole lot more in the second half and throughout the entire afternoon the Steelers defense did not allow nearly any rushing yards it's been kind of one of the uh, one of the themes to the Steelers defense. They get to the quarterback and they don't let teams run the ball against them. Obviously, with the Tennessee Titans coming to town, well, I should say the Steelers are going to Tennessee for their Week 4 matchup. Doing that to Derrick Henry will be a bit of a task, but going back to the game against Houston, the Steelers were able to keep David Johnson and company in, in tow. Uh, Deshaun Watson also uh, limited in the ground game as well. Really one of those uh, afternoons that the Steelers' run defense could be proud of, which I think will be an ongoing theme for this season. Uh, rushing totals, David Johnson had 23 yards. Deshaun Watson only had five. CJ Procise had a yard. And uh, Brandon Cooks lost five yards on an end-around attempt. Really quite outstanding stuff from that Steelers uh, defensive front to completely take away the running the ball. Uh, for them to be able to do that throughout the entire year is certainly possible, but it's going to be a challenge because they got some certainly some great running backs coming their way. They've been able to do it to some of the best backs in the league already. Uh, they just got to be able to keep doing it throughout the rest of the season. Uh, continue, continue to look around at uh, kind of what the Houston Texans were able to do on offense. Uh, Deshaun Watson had 264 passing yards throughout the game. Most of those came 
in the first half. He was over 200 yards in that first half, and uh, like I said before, shut down in the second half of the game. The Steelers' defense were able to get home to him a whole lot more in the second half. Of course, his interception came in the second half, and most of his uh, incomplete throws came in the second half. So this one really was a tale of two halves, and uh, it was one of those games where it uh, really stood out how uh, the Steelers' defense were able to adjust and uh, really play almost a completely different style of game in the second half and uh, took it to the Houston Texans and were able to come home with the victory. Victory. Looking elsewhere, this, uh, the Texans' receiving core really had quite a solid game. Randall Cobb was able to rip the Steelers up uh, quite successfully, especially in the first half. Um, that, uh, of course, is where the Texans got most of their offense. But Randall Cobb having 95 yards and a touchdown, that was kind of one of the keys to the game, how the Texans could use those kind of slot-type receivers, which will kind of be a theme throughout this year, kind of one of the more weaker spots for this team. And uh, it really is quite interesting uh, how some of these guys were successful. Of course, Will Fuller also had 50 yards and a 54 yards total and a touchdown. But uh, he, again, another guy that was limited in the second half. Um, Brandon Cooks, uh, who could potentially be that number one receiver for the Texans, was limited to just 23 yards. And uh, the tight ends, uh, one of that those position groups that uh, I think we've uh, all been kind of scared about going into Steelers games because that seems to kind of be a weakness for this defense was limited once again. Uh, Aikens uh, had 28 yards uh, and then Darren Fells uh, zero receptions, zero yards, but I think he had a couple of targets his way. So a great job from the Steelers defensive front to be able to limit those tight ends. Uh, I think there, there is one thing to say about Keith Butler. Uh, I, I know uh, he's kind of gotten the ire of Steelers fans in the past, but uh, he has definitely uh, been calling a, a really good defense. Uh, I really enjoy how this kind of unit as a whole has been operating and been running and kind of put together their philosophy. They have so much talent that that front seven, uh, being that kind of heavy blitzing scheme, I think just works so perfectly for them because even if teams are able to kind of figure out uh, how many guys are coming and uh, account for the pass rush, the Steelers have the talent to be able to to get off those blocks because when you really look at it, uh, how many all pros uh, are across that uh, front seven? How many pro bowlers? How many future pro bowlers? That group really, um, when you're trying to block them one-on-one, you know TJ Watt's going to win his battles, Dupree's going to win his battles, Stefan Tuitt's going to win his battles, Cam Hayward, Vince Williams, Devin Bush, Mike Hilton off the edge is a, is a threat to get in the backfield. Tyson Alualu's been one of the best interior defensive linemen in the entire NFL. This entire group, you can't tell me you can block each and every single one of those guys one-on-one and not have at least one of those guys coming free and making plays on opposition's quarterbacks because each week in and week out they're able to do that. So this defensive game plan that this team has uh, kind of developed between Coach Tomlin uh, and Coach Butler uh, of attack, 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 I really think works very well for this team. I know it, it looks like uh, the secondary is struggling, but they have been uh, they have a lot put on their shoulders. I think the team has really kind of challenged them to say, listen, you guys are some of the best in this league, and uh, what we need from you 
is to uh, really kind of just win your one-on-one battles uh, and, and limit other teams' wide receivers. Because uh, because we have these fronts, we're going to put you in some tough situations, a lot of one-on-ones, uh, and, and the other guys are going to get yards because you're in these one-on-one battles. But we're going to get home to the quarterback a whole lot more than they're going to hit the, the deep shots when guys can get open on you because this secondary is still one of the best in the NFL. I, I don't care what, uh, what the numbers or the PFF numbers are saying. Uh, I'm still taking the Steelers' secondary over most of the the secondary groups across the entire league uh joe hayden uh a stat with him has kind of came out uh from pff here saying through three games he's allowed the lowest passer rating against out of every single corner in the nfl right now uh he has been uh he he really has found the, the fountain of youth Joe Hayden, once again, almost pulled in an interception in the closing moments of the game, but it did go for a knockdown. Joe Hayden, what can you say about him? He is uh, he has been one of the rocks for this defense. And uh, you look at the other side, Steven Nelson, he was someone else that was kind of burned for a touchdown. But again, putting those one-on-one matchups, just made, it makes it so hard for him. But uh, he is still winning a majority of those battles, and I- I'm sure week in, week out, uh, it will get better. Uh, and and uh, speaking of things getting better, Mika Fitzpatrick, I-, I know there's some Steelers fans and uh, r- really everyone across the league kind of looking to him and kind of questioning why he hasn't made those kind of big-time plays that we're already kind of used to seeing him make. But he's been put in some of those tough situations that uh, that I've talked about, and uh, he is someone that... Uh, kind of thrives better in other situations, but he can lock down guys and you know what? I don't think he's going to be upset if the Steelers are coming home with victories each and every week. Uh, I I know pick sixes are cool, but uh, I think the way the Steelers are running this team, this defense right now, has been outstanding. The last guy on that defensive backfield, Terrell Edmonds, I also think is worth noting. Uh, I I know some people, like it's easy to trash Edmonds uh, as being like a weaker link on this unit. That being said, though, I think he has had some outstanding moments. I think the last two games, he's played very strong. Uh, I think Terrell Edmonds is kind of coming into his own, and I really don't think he cares what a lot of us think about him. Uh, He's been a a fine football player, and he, he does a lot of the little things well. And uh, I think he still is an important member of this defense. Flipping over to the other side of the ball before we head into our break, um, I will touch on Ben Roethlisberger a little bit more after our uh, our commercials. But just looking at some of these guys, um, specifically in the receiving core, uh, Eric Ebron leading the team in yards and a tied atop for receptions was uh, one of the things I think a lot of us were kind of uh, hoping to see out of the big fella. He is, uh, after kind of a little, a uh, few question marks kind of went down over him over the, the lack of usage, he, he kind of had a, a really good game. Not necessarily a breakout of sorts as a Steeler, but uh, one that will set him out for uh, quite uh, quite successful future success in the future. Eric Ebron had a solid game. Uh I believe he still had a drop, but that uh, was one of those that I wouldn't blame and put on the shoulder solely on him. He had a solid game. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is someone else that's uh, been uh, having quite a, a nice little year for himself uh, so far throughout this season. Uh, he picks up another four receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown where he was completely left wide open. Uh, if you're talking about social distancing these days, well, Juju Smith-Schuster didn't have anyone around him for, I think, at least 30 yards when he caught that 
that ball and absolutely walked in the end zone. That uh, was a thing of beauty. I, I know that was a defensive miscommunication, but uh, when it, it's that easy, it feels really, really good. Uh, one of the guys that we're kind of used to sitting atop the, the receiving and yardage uh uh, Liss is one Deontay Johnson who exited the game with a concussion. Uh, Deontay uh, took a fairly big hit when he was running the ball on an end around reverse. Uh, he uh, he was taken out of the game and ruled out with a concussion. Uh, that will be a status to monitor throughout the week. Uh, obviously, game stats uh, statuses won't be posted for a few days here, but uh, Deontay Johnson's concussion is one uh, that is definitely worrisome and it could keep him out for several weeks potentially. Uh, Potentially. Other receivers uh, with good games. Uh, how about running back James Washington? He picked up uh, James Washington, James Connor. Sorry, there's too many James on this roster. Anyway, James Connor had a good game on the ground and through the air. James Connor had 40 receiving yards on four receptions. James Washington, five receptions tied for the team uh, lead in the game and 36 yards. Vance McDonald had a nice little game for himself. It was only three receptions, 35 yards, but two of those were huge first down plays, and the other one. Uh, brought the team uh, just a yard shy of a first down. Vance McDonald had a solid little game for himself, and if he's putting up those stat lines week in, week out, I think that that would be solid out of Vance. Uh, Chase Claypool only had one reception for 24 yards. However, he uh, was the highest snap count receiver for the other uh, for the entire offense. Actually, he led everyone. Juju, uh, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, of course, uh, before he exited. Everyone, Chase Claypool, highest snap total out of the receivers. Take that as you will. His one reception uh, was the game clincher too, however. Uh, so there is a pause in that. The only other guy with the reception was one Anthony McFarland Jr., the rookie running back, picking up a reception and seven yards. We will talk a little bit more about Anthony McFarland, the rest of the running backs, and the quarterback when we uh, get back in the second half. And we'll also take you around the rest of the AFC North. So we're just going to pop away for a second and get to a quick commercial break, and we will get to that in a moment. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back with part two of the live mic. I, of course, am your deputy editor, Michael Beck of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, hanging with you always. Um, in the first part, uh, we did talk a little bit about the the defense uh, as a whole and uh, a little bit on the Steelers receivers against the Houston Texans. I think now's a good time to look at the running backs, that kind of spread, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, of course, uh, he has been great. We'll touch on him at the end. But the Steelers running backs, James Conner was the bell cow once again. 18 carries 
carries for 109 yards. That back-to-back -back, uh, 200 yard games out of James Conner after kind of an abysmal first week of the season where uh, Benny Snell actually kind of turned it around, got hot and picked up 100 yards himself. So the Steelers, three games in, 300 yard rushing performances out of individual players. You really couldn't ask for any more out of your backfield and they're still getting a ton of yards out of their other guys out of that entire rotation. And the Steelers were able to get all four of the running backs some work in that uh, rotation. Uh, the, another name that is definitely worth mentioning, Anthony McFarland Jr., uh, picked up his uh, six carries in this one and 42 yards. Uh, a nice little game for the, the Steelers rookie running back. Uh, kind of his debut. I know he was listed on the roster last week, but really got uh, a whole bunch of usage in this game uh, and looked good when he was out there. Definitely explosive change of pace get back that I'm super excited to see how he uh, kind of evolves with this offense moving further and further into the season. Anthony McFarlane definitely a name to look out for. Benny Snell is another one of those running backs that kind of uh, has gotten some attention over the past week because he did fumble in week one and week two. He didn't fumble in this one. However, his usage was definitely down and it was quite obvious. He still got seven carries uh, and his first carry didn't come until deep into the first half. Obviously, uh, it's a sign of kind of being in the doghouse for fumbling that all-important football. We know uh, if you are turning the ball over, Coach Tomlin, uh, he, he wants the football no matter what. You start turning it over, you're going to start seeing the bench. Uh, Benny Snell kind of earned some of that trust back with his seven carries throughout the game. Uh, the second highest carry man, but he only picked up 11 yards. Of course, a lot of that was on short yardage, but his long of four yards really isn't going to cut it especially with the guys around him and Anthony McFarlane kind of showing the knack for the long run that he kind of showed um, Jalen Samuels also got in the game. He got one carry on a short yardage play. Uh, I believe it was fourth and two when he did get the ball and only picked up a yard and got stuffed. Uh, I think the only assumption why he got the ball in that situation was the Steelers were trying to kind of bait uh, the Texans into believing that uh, Jalen Samuels was only out there to be a receiving option. Nonetheless, he got absolutely stuffed in that play. Uh, just the one carry for him, which... Uh, Honestly, when it comes to usage, not loving that out of my running backs. Uh, someone just getting one carry per game uh, makes you almost question his uh, his spot on the team, whether or not that could be better off served for another position that uh, could use the depth. Uh, like the receivers, we saw it in this one. Uh, Deontay Johnson goes down, and the Steelers really only have uh, three receivers that they trust on the field. Ray Ray McLeod doesn't necessarily get those offensive snaps. He, he did get a couple, but uh, the Steelers really only trust their core four, and when you start seeing injuries there, uh, the uh, the guys on the field uh, kind of get mixed and mashed a little bit, uh, and it's really limited just to those three receivers. So potentially that is a, a storyline to kind of monitor throughout the season. Derek Watt was an, another one of those names, especially highlighted in the Watt Bowl. Yes, if you didn't know, all three Watts played in this game. Uh, surprising, I know, right? But Derek Watt did leave the game with a grade two hamstring pull, which is a multi-week injury, according to all reports. Um, there was some crypt cryptic tweets from Roosevelt Knicks on Twitter, so potentially a, a, a reunion of sorts could uh, potentially be happening there. 
We don't know yet. It's possible. Um, don't quote me on it, but uh, if it if it happens, you're going to see it early in the week. He knows the system, and if uh, Derek Watt it has to go on that uh, three-week uh, injured reserve and open it and opens up a spot on the roster, the Steelers are better when they have a, a fullback in their running game, and they're definitely going to miss Derek Watt on special teams coverage. Roosevelt Nix was a pretty outstanding special teams cover man himself, so uh, potentially the Steelers could look that way. But uh, moving on, uh, we touched on the running backs. We touched on the receivers. Uh, the last guy we definitely want to talk about is uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Because without him, this team just doesn't go. Uh, and we learned that last year. But Big Ben, uh, in this one, 23 of 36, 237 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a long of 26 yards, and uh, had an average uh, yards per attempt of 6.6 yards. Ben Roethlisberger is definitely back. Um, I know it's only three games in the season, but his elbow looks strong as as it ever has. Uh, he's putting some zip on the ball. He hasn't been uh, super high on his own performances when you watch his press conference. He always kind of talks down about himself uh, and how he's kind of played and is really striving for that kind of perfect game. Uh, I'm excited for when it happens because this Steelers offense and defense, once they kind of hit their stride, I think it'd be a scary group. And one thing I will say uh, for everyone that is worried about the Steelers and thinking, yeah, they're 3-0, but they've kind of struggled their way to this point. Sure, that is uh, that is t- true to a degree, but if uh, if you want their, this team hitting their peak right now, uh, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. Uh, if this Steelers team just gets better and better throughout the year, then uh, I think we're starting to talk about a Super Bowl contending team, uh, and they're on the right, the right foot for that. 3-0 heading into Week 4. Uh, if they can knock off the Titans. I, I, I think the stat is something ridiculous when it comes to starting 4-0 and making the playoffs, especially having seven AFC and NFC teams, uh, 14 playoff teams total making it this year. Uh, the Steelers going 4-0, uh, and if they can avoid the injury bug, it really sets them up so nicely to make the playoffs, uh, and if they're able to do that, the sky really is the limit, especially if uh, we won't know what home field advantage will look like in this COVID world, but uh, if there's no fans in the stadiums, that home field advantage almost doesn't matter. Uh, the bye week, of course, will be the the all-important uh, thing in play here, but if they're not able to get that bye week, just getting into the playoffs will definitely be good enough. Ben Roethlisberger, through three Three weeks, 777 yards, lucky number sevens for number seven, seven touchdowns, a bit of a theme on this one, thankfully only one interception, and a rating of 105.2, which would be, if the season ended right now, the highest of his career. Back in 2007, he did have a quarterback rating of 104.1, which was his previous career high, uh, and 13 years ago, which is hard to believe and uh, (laughs) makes me feel a whole lot older than I really am, uh, watching Ben throughout his entire career and realizing it kicked off in 2004 to see where it's kind of evolved to in 2020. It's been outstanding. Ben Roethlisberger, his averages have been pretty crazy too when you when you really break it down. Uh, when it comes to yardage uh, and, you, and, and you look at uh, what he's been able to do through three games and if he can spread it out over the course of the whole year, it's coming in at 4,144 yards. Uh, if, if he's putting that up, 
uh, you better watch out for the Steelers if they're putting up over uh, like close to 4,200 yards in the passing game and then this running attack is, is coming at you nearly 2,000 yards uh, average um, combined through that, their entire uh, running back room look out because the offense would be firing and the defense firing and uh, you know Ray Ray McLeod uh, has been dialing it up on kick returns it's only a matter of time before he breaks one yeah it, that's some exciting stuff uh, when it comes to uh, his passing touchdowns he's on pace for 37 and a third so uh, round, we'll just round it down to 37 if Ben's flirting with anything in that 40 touchdown range uh, I think people's heads will collectively explode uh, because he's never uh, he's never come close to 40 passing touchdowns in a season I do believe his highest total was 34 in 2018 the year before his injury I was also the year of his highest ever passing yardage total at 5,129 yards out of Ben Roethlisberger that year uh, I would love to see him flirt with those numbers um, that would be a, that sure, certainly would be a, an exciting exciting season but uh, we'll see kind of how this year develops but right now Ben is uh, on pace for some some pretty nice stats also his one interception uh, over the course of 16 games uh, it's it's pretty outstanding uh, when you when you look at uh, Ben over the course of his career. If he is only to throw five interceptions, which is kind of what he's uh, kind of uh, projected to do, that would be his lowest total. Um, well, 2010, he missed some games from suspension. He threw five that year, uh, but I, I believe that was all, like I want to say that was in 12 games, uh, potentially even less than that. I, I can't remember the, the injuries uh, keeping him out of games that year, but. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, if he's only able, if he only throws five interceptions this whole year, that completely changes the notion on him. Uh, his last couple of healthy seasons, uh, 2018, 16 picks, 2017, 14 picks. In 2016, he had 13 picks. And in 2015, he had 16 picks again. Uh, so he's he's been flirting around the teens in recent years, but uh, three games in, he is on pace for just five. Uh, really hope he can uh, continue to put that together. Ben Roethlisberger has looked great. The receiving cores look great. The running backs have looked great. This defense at times have looked great, and I really couldn't be more excited for how the rest of this season will uh, unravel. The Tennessee Titans are coming up, and it'll be super fun to break that down uh, coming into game week. Uh, be sure to keep your eye to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and our entire family of podcasts because we will have great breakdown coverage on that throughout the entire week leading up to game day, and we'll always have that great stuff on game day as well. So make sure you're also following Behind the Steel Curtain on all its social media platforms too, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Facebook, you can just search Behind the Steel Curtain, uh, and our handle is B. T. Steel Curtain on Twitter and Instagram, so make sure you're checking that out. As always, I am your host of the live mic. My name is Michael Beck, uh, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I will see you guys in the next one. Uh, talk to you soon, guys. Yeah.